Welcome to Equipus Church, Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live at our city campus. For more information, check out equipuschurch.com. Awesome. Well, welcome to church. My name is Nicole. It's nice to be with you. Uh, high five somebody as you find your seat. Thank you. Thanks, team. All right, well, I'm really excited uh, to be here tonight. I'm really excited to be uh, speaking, and um, it is an honor and a privilege uh, to bring a word, and um, I believe that the Lord has laid something on my heart specifically for tonight and specifically for the people in the room, and, um, and so before we get into this, let's just pray. Thank you, mighty God. Lord God, I... I invite you into this space. Come and move, Lord God. I pray that tonight, as, as I speak, that you would speak to hearts, Lord, that tonight um, faith would rise, that, that uh, hope would rise, that there would be a fresh vision and, and fresh hope in this place, mighty God. I pray that there would be miracles that, that flow from this tonight, mighty God. We lay it all at your feet and we say it's all for your glory. I pray that your name is glorified tonight. We magnify you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Amen. Well, um, I'm Nicole, and um, I have been in Dunedin for seven years, um, which is feels like a lifetime. Um, I love this place; it's home, and um, and yeah. So, I've been here seven years. Before that, I was I'm originally from the Wadarapa, from a place called Masterton, and um, I grew up there. Um, grew up on a farm. Um, I don't really like going back to the farm. Um, don't really like getting dirty and all of those kind of things. And so when I get home, my parents are like, you know, get out and open the gate. And I'm like, really? I'm in the wrong shoes for opening the gate. <laughs> like, you know, and uh, yeah, once I genuinely said that to my mother, she looked over at me and she was like, what happened? And I was like, I moved to a city. <laughs> we don't have mud. Anyway, uh, that's just a side note for you. Um, and I have a family, obviously. I have two brothers and a sister, nieces and nephews and sister-in-laws and uh, all of those kind of things, mum and a dad. And um, down here in Dunedin, I have a dog called Peanut, and uh, she is smaller than your average-sized cat, but um, she has never been in a handbag, and yeah, cool. Um, anyway, I uh, also, just like, just so you know a little bit about me before I start tonight, so you might be able to connect with something, but um, I work for church, uh, which is a privilege as well. Um, I do one day a week for local church and then uh, three and a half days for the national church um, on Pastor Desiree's team with the finance stuff, and um, I won't bore you with that. So um, <laughs> we love it. <laughs> and yes, anyway, so um, tonight I've just had this thought going through my head of um, faith that unlocks miracles, and um and God has just been really speaking to me about this idea um, that faith is, is the key to unlocking the impossible. And, um, and I don't know if you've ever witnessed a miracle that sticks with you, but like I'll, I'll, I will tell you a few tonight of ones that stick with me, but um, there are miracles in everyday life, like, you know, um, conceiving a child, having a child, miracles, right? For some people, waking up in the morning is a miracle. Like, like genuinely, I know for me, waking up in the morning might be, it's a miracle for me, but like, I don't like mornings. But anyways, for some people, it is actually a genuine miracle waking up in the morning. And, um, and, then there are miracles like seeing people released from uh, mental illness, seeing people released from drug addiction, seeing people released from um, 
anxiety, depression, whatever it might be. These are miracles and these are things that, that we see often. Um, yeah, cool. And so um, as I was thinking about this and I was like praying about this, and there were some obvious stories to choose from when thinking about faith and thinking about miracles and unlocking these kind of things. And Jesus actually, or the Lord, the Holy Spirit, led me to um, the story of Lazarus, which actually at first I was like, it's not kind of like my first faith story that I go to, you know? And, um, and I was like, okay. So I did have to read commentary and all of that kind of stuff because I was like, what are we up to, Lord? But um, this is where we've landed, and we've landed in, um, in John 11. Cool. Um, and so in John 11, um, Jesus and his disciples had recently left Judea. They had um, been chased out effectively. They had, um, people had been trying to kill them, and um, they'd, they'd gone away. And um, there's this guy called Lazarus. You probably know his story. If you don't, don't worry. You'll know it by the end of this. Um, and Lazarus is Jesus' friend. He is the brother to Mary and Martha. And... Um, yeah, cool. That's who Lazarus is. Anyway, Lazarus gets sick, um, like really sick, really, really sick, like hospital sick, okay, deathbed sick, think that kind of sick, like the guy is sick. And um, Mary and Martha send a message to Jesus, and, um, and back in the day, it's not like sending, you know, we send a message and it's instant, right? Um, back in the day, it was, they send a message and it was kind of like, didn't have any notifications on, didn't check your messages for two days. Cool? Like, this message took two days to get to Jesus. It took... Um, a long time for somebody to walk it to him. And um, they send this message and, and they say, you know, Jesus, Lazarus is sick. Like he's on his deathbed sick. He's really, really sick. And it's at this point that usually we would turn up for our family members, right? We would go home, we'd get on a plane, we'd do whatever it needed to do. If somebody's in hospital and it's like, you dearly, dearly love this person, you'd be trying to get there or you would be praying, you'd be having faith for healing, you'd be on the phone, all of those kind of things that we would just naturally do. And uh, this is what Jesus says in John 11 verse 4. He says, but when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So Jesus gives this promise the people that were around him heard it, so not Mary and Martha, not the ones that sent the message. They didn't hear this promise. The disciples heard it. I assume the messenger heard it. The person standing there being like, Lazarus is sick, and Jesus' response is, it won't end in death. I don't know about you, but for me, I'm kind of just like, interesting. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. All right, we can carry on with this. And um, it, Jesus, it says that Jesus loves Mary and Martha, but he stays where he was for another two days. So he loves Lazarus like a brother, Mary and Martha like sisters, and he stays where he is for two more days. And then Lazarus is on his de deathbed, as we know, um, and that's like what the message said. He's, in, he's sick, he's in hospital. And I've been reading some commentary about this passage because um, that's really good to do and um, to make sure you're correct. Anyway, um, the, the commentary I read um, said that they think that at the point that Jesus received the message, at the point that he said it will not end in death, was actually the point that Lazarus died. Right? So just think about that one. Hold that one in the back pocket for a moment. This will not end in death. 
So two days later, two days later from this point, two more days, Jesus is like, all right, we've wrapped up what we're doing here. We're now going to go. We're going to go back to Judea. And the disciples were like, um, we thought we weren't going there for the last two days because they tried to kill us last time we were there. So we didn't really want to go back, you know, like they tried to kill us. You know, you've said that it's not going to end in death. So like, do we really need to go back because it might end in our deaths, you know? Like this was genuinely what the disciples are thinking in this stage. And they're just like, you know, and... um. And Jesus says in John 11, 11, he goes, because our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. And the disciples are like, if he's asleep, he's getting better. You know, did your parents ever tell you to go to bed when you were sick? Because you get better after rest, right? It's a proven thing. And so um, it was at this point the disciples are like, well, if he's just asleep, do we really need to risk our lives? Do we really need to go back there? If he's just asleep, he's obviously getting better. Like, it'll be fine. And, um, and Jesus was just like, you're not quite getting it. <laughs> you haven't quite worked it out yet. We're going to go and see him because he's dead. And Jesus bl- plainly says this to his disciples. He's like, he's actually dead. That's, that's why we're going to go. We're going to go wake him up. And um, come on, let's go see him. And then he goes off. And as they're getting closer um, to Bethany, which is the town in which um, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus live in, as they're getting closer Martha gets a message saying that Jesus is on his way. And so she goes out to meet him. And she's on her way to, um, to, to Bethany, or she goes to meet him on the road. And um, as she gets there, she was like, no, sorry, at this point, Lazarus has actually been dead for four days. All right, so at this point, he's been dead for four days. And the first thing that Martha says when she sees Jesus was, if only you'd been here. If only you'd been here earlier, my brother would not have died. And it's in this point that I can pick out some faith in in Martha, even though she's like, if only you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. She knew that she needed Jesus in that situation. She knew that she needed Jesus uh, to to be the one who healed Lazarus when he was sick. And she's like, but if only you were here, he would have survived. And so there's, there's faith in this bit of story. And then in John eleven twenty two, it says, but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask for. So in this last two, bit, two pieces of scripture, it's talked faith and hope. Even now, I know that whatever you ask for, it will come to pass. Even now, I know that I can trust you. And there's something in, I don't know if there's something in your life that you're just like, man, God, if you'd just turned up earlier, we wouldn't be here now. If you'd just turned up a little bit earlier, it wouldn't look like this. I wouldn't have dug myself into this hole or I wouldn't have like, you know, the, 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 this, the diagnosis wouldn't be this bad if you'd just turned up and healed me the moment that the doctor said it. You know, like actually we, sometimes we think like, where are you God in this? And you're just like, oh God, I feel like you haven't arrived yet. And um. Just going to pause that story for a moment and go into a different story. So, a real life story that happened. Um, Anna and I were leading youth ministry a few years ago now. Um, and 
we were leading youth ministry and we were so excited. We were so pumped. We were here going to Shout Conference in the North Island and we were taking our biggest number of young people ever. Like I know that some people were like, we take our family of five. We took 30 young people, <laughs> all right? <laughs> like 30 young people on a plane, 30 young people in a backpackers. It's a good time. <laughs> and uh, we had 30 young people with us and we were genuinely so excited about this. We were like, God is like gonna do some awesome things this week. We're gonna see kids' lives restored. We're gonna see families come back together. We're gonna see miracle after miracle. And we genuinely were just like, this is epic. 30 kids, so much, so cool, so cool. And anyway, we were leading up to this and we had done all our fundraising and we'd, you know, paid for probably 90% of our young people at this point. And we were just like, still believing for 10 more uh, with the finances to come in. And um, we met this kid, started coming to youth ministry six weeks out from Shout Conference. And um, it was six weeks out and we were just like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Nice to meet you. We're all going to Shout. You're not. <laughs> um, and, um, and you know, we're genuinely like, yeah, six weeks out. It's just too much. And I had heard from God and he said, I believe he said to me, take this kid to shout conference with you. And I was like, for one, Jesus, he's quite annoying. Look, I'm just not sure. Hey, I was the youth leader, I can say that. Some of them were. Um, and, um, and they like, I love them all dearly, all right? But yeah, anyway, um, still love them to this day. Um, but they, anyway, this one kid, and I was like, no, 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 that's just too hard. And, um, and it was like, honestly, a week went by and I just heard it every day, every day. Take that kid, take that kid, take that kid, take that kid. And I just was like, I can't ignore this anymore. So I went to Anna and I was like, I think this is what the Lord's saying to me. Do you agree? Because I was hoping she said no. Uh, she said yes. <laughs> and, so, um, and I was like, oh man, we don't have the finances. How are we going to get this kid to Auckland? And I was just like, oh, look, if it's God's will, Pastor Will will say yes. So I went to Will and I was like, hey, uh, so we fundraised for, you know, most of our kids. I feel like we've got them all covered at this point apart from one. We haven't bought any flights for this kid. We haven't got like accommodation for this kid. We haven't got anything. But I believe that the Lord is asking us to take this kid with us to shout conference. And we'll just turn around and said, Pastor Will, just turn around and said, make it happen. And it was in that moment that I was like, okay, cool. God's really going to do something significant in this kid's life. God's going to come through. There's going to be miracles for his family. I'm so excited. And it was just like such a faith journey just to get this kid on a plane, you know, like I had to talk to the parents. I had to do all of this other stuff because he was quite young as well. He's 13. And um, the first ever experience with church, like nobody in his family was saved, all of that kind of thing. And um, anyway, we get to Auckland for Shout Conference, and it was, we were on the really early flight, because they were the cheapest ones, and we get there really early, and um, and God, was, the, we were pumped about the, the, the evening session that started at 7.30pm, and at uh, 6 o'clock, this kid come to me, and he was like, I don't feel well, eh, I don't, I just don't feel well, like, in tears, and I was like, oh, we're not even going to make it to the first session, and I was like, alright, okay, you know, just it's all good, man, like, you go have a sleep, and we'll come check on you later on, and, um, yeah, so left him in the backpackers, and um, came back that night, and he was actually quite sick at this point, and we were like, oh, okay, anyway, so we prayed for him, next day, did what all sensible adults do, took him to the doctor, and uh, the doctor was like, he's got a flu, he'll be fine, just give him fluids, he'll be all good. Fast forward to 2 a.m. that next morning. I had this knock on the door, and I trust me, I've never woken up and gotten out of bed and gotten dressed so fast in my life. 
Like, especially at 2 o'clock in the morning, okay? Um, anyway, when I moved, there's like some random person that I didn't know was standing at my door like, we need you, Paul is sick. And I was like, okay, I'm coming. And so the next thing I know, I'm in an ambulance. I'm on my way to Starship Hospital with this kid and with another one of our youth leaders. And, um, and we just were like, what is going on? I didn't understand a single thing that anybody was saying other than life-threatening, which was terrifying. And I was just like, God, I'm praying. Like, this was not the plan. You know, this kid was supposed to go to shout conference. His life was supposed to be changed. And here I am in an ambulance at 4 o'clock in the morning. Like, hello. <laughs> anyway, we get to the hospital and, and, and the life-threatening, life-threatening, life-threatening. This kid codes and then couldn't get hold of his dad. Next thing I know, I'm signing a piece of paper to say, yep, you can put him onto into an induced coma. It was terrifying. And it was in that moment that I was like, God, where are you? This was not the plan. This wasn't the plan. This was not what we were believing for. <laughs> and anyway, so we'll pause that story and we'll go back to Martha. All right? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> All the emotions. Anyway, right, we're off to Martha and, um, yep, Jesus again. But I, I think that in this moment, this is where I can relate to how Martha was feeling. Like this wasn't the plan. And uh, it's in this moment that, that, like, I had faith, and I was like, oh, man, this kid is going to make it. It's going to be okay. Like, yeah, I might have just put him on life support, but he's going to make it. <laughs> anyway, Mary and Martha. So Jesus responds um, to Martha. Your brother will rise again. Do you believe it? And Martha's response was Yes. I do believe it. And um, in John 11, 22, 27, sorry, it says this. I didn't write all of this one down. Sorry, two seconds, team. Twenty-seven. Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come um, from come into the world from God. So she has faith, and she believes Jesus is who he says he is. She believes that he is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God, that he is God, right? And then, so she has this moment where she declares this truth, and then she's like, right, I'm going to go get Mary. She goes and gets Mary. She tells them, you know, Jesus is here. He's, he's not quite in, he's not coming to the house, but Go and see him. So she rushes off, and a crowd follows her. Crowd is following Mary at this point to, um, sorry. Mary arrives at Jesus, to where Jesus is, and she falls at his feet. And uh, this is an important piece of the scripture because when she falls at his feet, is a sign of surrender. But also in that time, the crowd that were with her were Jews, and you didn't worship. Anybody but God at that point. You didn't fall at people's feet and, and, and worship them. And she surrenders. She's like, you know what? Like, I just need you. Jesus, I need you. She falls at his feet and she's like, she says the same thing. If only you had been here, my brother would not have died. Jesus turned up. Hope had arrived. But they were focusing on the facts of the situation. Are you ready to go again in faith? 
Jesus was like, just roll the stone away. At which point Martha pipes up again. I love this point. Martha pipes up and she's like, well, I don't know that we should do that. You know, dude's been dead for four days in the cave. Don't think that we should do that. And it like genuinely says in the Bible that she was concerned about the smell. And um, I find that quite entertaining. <laughs> she, was, she was concerned about the smell. She's like, uh, Jesus, he's been dead for four days. It will smell terrible in there. Okay? And, um, and in John eleven forty, Jesus was like, didn't I tell you you would see God's glory if you believed? So at this point, Jesus is like, hold on a minute. We just had that conversation where you told me you believed. And here we are again, and I'm saying to you, are you ready to believe? And so Mary is like, yes, I did just say that. Roll the stone away. <laughs> and so they roll the stone away. And, um, and Jesus prayed in that moment. And we all know that Jesus doesn't actually have to talk to make things happen. Jesus is God and God can make things happen, right? But what he did was he was like, I'm just going to show these people what to do. So he stood there and he was like, oh, God, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. And then he speaks in a big, loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead guy comes out, wrapped in grave clothes. And um, he comes out and uh, I guess the, uh, my... Yeah, he comes out of the grave. Faith activates heaven. It doesn't always happen in the timing or the way that we think it should. But faith activates something. And if you have faith, no matter the situation, God will come through for you. It might not look the way you think it should be, wrapped in its pink little bow, but it will arrive. And uh, so back to our story of this young person in hospital in an induced coma finally get hold of his dad at like nine o'clock in the morning. No, it must have been a little bit earlier than that. It was about eight. Eight o'clock in the morning and was like, look, I need to get you on a plane. I need to get, get you down here uh, because this is well over my pay grade. You know, like, <laughs> I've been up all night. Anyway, um, and it, it was like, we get his dad there and, um, and, and then his dad actually comes to a night session of Shout Conference. Actually knows some of the, the guys in our church and um, had gone to school with them in Dunedin. And there were all these crazy little things that I was like, wow, God, what, what is going on? And then um, another thing that I was just blown away by was this week there was a storm across New Zealand. It wasn't just across Dunedin, wasn't just across Auckland, it was across the entire of New Zealand. And there was a three-day period where no planes were taking off. There was one plane that somehow I managed to book his dad onto that was the only plane that made it to Auckland that week. And then on top of that, Auckland Hospital, Starship Hospital, the hospital we were in with this kid was the kid with the specialist who he needed. The specialist that this kid needed, there was the one that was going to save his life in this moment, was, this, was at this particular hospital, had been treating this kind of stuff recently, and knew what he was doing. And so, 
at the end of that week, as we're like wrapping up, we're, we've been in, we've been in, and we've prayed, and we're praying for healing, we're praying for all of these kind of things. We've had Pastor Will in with us, because, yes, it's good, you know, to have other people praying with you and other people carrying you, because at this point, I was, we were well beyond ourselves. We still had our other 29 young people with us, whom we were still going to conference with, and, um, and all of this was happening, but it was like, you know what, there was this one thing that happened that... The, the surgeon or the specialist said to us, you know what, if this kid had been in Dunedin, he would have died there. Because the specialist, me, I'm here, and no life flights have made it out across any of the country this week. And you know what, I was like, oh, so it wasn't about like saving his family, Lord. It was about saving his life. Okay, I've caught up. But you know what? The miracle wasn't what we thought it was going to be. The miracle looked a little bit different than what we were thinking it was going to be. Was that week hard and horrible? Would I want to do it again? Yes, it was hard and horrible. No, I would not want to do it again. You know, like it was just, but I learned so much in that week. And, and then my faith was stretched. The, the ability to, to trust God in these moments when you're just like, what is going on was stretched <laughs> when you just like, I don't even understand. It wasn't until the end of the week that this doctor said that to us. This kid spent another six weeks in um, the Starship Hospital and then another like three months in the Dunedin Hospital. But you know what? Like this, he lived. And, and I still believe that there is a call of God on his life. I know it. I've seen it. And I still speak to it. Whether I see him in church on a weekly basis or not, I'm still like, you know what? God encountered you. God has a, a, a life plan for you. There is a plan for your life. And, and I've, I know that there's more miracles for that young person because I've seen like a significant miracle happen. And um, it doesn't always look how we think it should, but God was glorified through it. He was glorified through this thing. I've never posted so much on my social media about like, you know, needing prayer for young people. I've never actioned the prayer team within church so much in my entire life apart from that week, you know? Like there was things that like church was praying, people were getting behind it. And then, and then those moments it was like actually with significant ministry flows here. And um, so in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it's, you know, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of the things we cannot see. So what miracles could you see through your faith? What do you have faith for at the moment? Are you in a space of wondering where God is? Holding, hold on, for he is with you. And he will come through for you. My faith, your faith was built for this. Whatever your storm looks like. Or whether you're not in a storm and you're on the other side just like, woo, awesome. <laughs> but your faith can unlock miracles, whether it's for you or whether it's for other people. And are you ready to fight for it? Are you ready to be like, you know what, God, I need you to move here? I've been journeying um, lately, this whole thought of faith. It's, it's, I like to think that faith is something that is, comes naturally to me. I have faith for many things. But it has been something that actually has been tested, has been put through the fire, and has, I've come out the other side like, actually, you know what? I still have faith. I still believe. I know that God is good. And um, 
So, uh, yeah, about a year ago, we received some news that we didn't see coming. Came out of left field. And it was just like, what are you doing here, God? This was not the plan. It's not what I signed up for. <laughs> you know, like, I, yeah, I don't know if you're dramatic or not, but I am. And, um, and I, yes, like to have pity parties sometimes. Anyway, um, my dad got a diagnosis that I wasn't overly thrilled with, and, um, and I and still am not overly thrilled with. And, you know, like, there hasn't really been any change in that arena, but I know that God is true to his word. I know that his promises are yes and amen. And even if, even if, the miracle that I'm praying for doesn't happen. I still have faith that I'll see my family saved. I still have faith that I'll see good things happen here. I still have faith that I will see God move in this space. So I have the crazy faith where I believe in miracles. That is a faith that I carry and I believe for miracles. I believe that I will see things that blow my mind. And I believe that I have... Faith as small as a mustard seed. Sometimes, there I'm just like, I don't know where you are, God. <sighs> but I trust you. Because you're good. I have the even if faith. I must trust you. Even if this doesn't go the way that I want to, if it's not going to work out, the pretty little plan that I have in my mind, if that's not your plan, I still trust you. Because God is good team, if you could come and join me. Um, I keep coming back to this, like to what I know. I know that God is good. I know that I can trust him. I know that I have faith for miracles. And I have faith that through this, I will see my family saved. I have hope for the future. And so what miracles stick with you? What miracles are you believing for, for? Where is your faith at? Is it at the, I'm believing for crazy miracles because life's quite peachy at the moment? Or is it, I'm just like, I'm holding on. There is a mustard seed here and I don't know where God is, but I know he's coming through. Um, we got given mustard seeds once, just as a side note. And, um, and my flatmate, Grace, did actually plant hers. And mine probably went through the washing machine. Grace planted hers and it grew and it was this... Um, it was quite a resilient plant, <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, so, um, yeah, we'd been away for Christmas, and we'd been away, and I came home, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, Grace's plant is, like, dying. It's, like, wilted. Oh, my gosh. Thought I'd killed this plant. Watered it and, like, looked after it for the next couple months, and then Grace came back from Auckland, and, um, and she was like, my mustard seed's still alive. And, like, first off, I was just like, there's your mustard seed that I have been trying to keep alive. <sighs> But secondly, I was like, mate, that is one resilient plant. So your faith is small as a mustard seed, is resilient enough to get you through. The miracles that I've seen that have stuck with me, I've seen mental health restored. I have seen families, one for the Lord, from one young person that came in, and I've seen an entire family saved. I've seen anxiety gone. One of the kids' team leaders came in to a youth ministry night and was a young person, so anxious, in a moment, was set free. I've seen addiction broken off people's lives. I've seen epilepsy healed in a moment with God. I've seen people saved in a moment with God. 
I myself was saved with a moment with God. And so, would you dare to believe? Would you dare to have faith for the things in your world or people in your world, the families in your world? I don't know what miracles you're believing for, but I pray you're believing for something. I pray that you are praying for something. I pray that you have faith for something. And I pray that all the glory goes to God. Because when we see these miracles, there's no way that we can achieve it. So what looks impossible to you? Is your faith the key to unlocking the impossible? It may not look the way that you think it should, but God is in it. And will you go again in faith? Will you fight again in faith? Will you look up again in faith? Because it is a fight, it is a battle. What miracles could we see in our world? Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.